Welcome to the Central Rivers AEA Learning On Demand podcast. I'm Beth Strike, and I'm the Director of Creative Services and Communications. Most importantly, though, I'm a mom of two who loves learning about innovation in our local schools. Today, I'm here with Jen Sigrist, Executive Director of Educational Services and a leading expert on future-ready practices. We're going to dig back into this learner agency stuff again. I'm learning a lot. I think we're on podcast number six, episode six. We're going to talk a little bit today about learner's sense of purpose. And we were just laughing a little bit before we started. Like, this one is a little, like, I'm still trying to understand exactly what we're going to talk about today. So you're going to help me with this one a lot. I don't have a lot of a, um, much of a framework on this one. So let's just dig in and think about, first, Jen, welcome. I think I forgot the whole welcome thing. (laughs) I'm Beth. (laughs) This one is, yeah, it's deep already. We can tell. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I'm like ready to dive in. So, okay. So let's think about this. How can teachers see themselves as facilitating the learning journey? Right. Oh, gosh, that's such a deep question because, I mean, we want kids to be able to make a difference. I mean, we we want to make a difference. Yes. It's the whole reason we get into education. Um, and we think that as parents, too. Like, like we see our little child, we're like, oh, you're going to make a difference. You're going right. to be better in the world than I was. You're going to make a difference. I'm going to make a difference by being your parent. Right. Yes. That's, we want to contribute. That's that's this big driver that we have. And yet when we think about our education system, there aren't a lot of opportunities for kids within the system to make a difference. They're just kind of expected to go through it in a very traditional sense. Right. Um, and of course, we have examples of, you know, situations where we have kids trying to understand, um, you know, community service or things like that. But um, for the most part, we're just kind of asking them to just go through it. And so when you ask, gosh, how does a teacher facilitate this as a learning journey, um, it, it's not necessarily set up to be a, a journey that we've asked teacher to facilitate before. We've kind of asked them to get kids through it. Mm. So um, your question is really, uh, is really deep. That's probably why this conversation, you're like, this is going to be a tough one. Because mm-hmm. um, your first question right out of the gate, like, yeah, that, that is tough. Um, how do we do it? It's a mindset shift. Um, We really have to think about what is the end outcome that we want uh, for kids. And when we think about it as a parent, that feels so clear to me. You know, if you ask me what I want for my kid, oh, gosh, I want him to be happy and healthy. Um, I want him to, you know, work well with others, be kind. I'm sure you have things for your girls that are coming to mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think we were talking about this too. So if we think about just even in our own lives, you know, you were just asking me to reflect, like, where, where do you feel like you've done your most meaningful work? Um, You know, where do you feel like you've got the most purpose and you're contributing and all of that. And so it just sort of makes sense that as teachers, we want to create those same kinds of conditions for kids so that they can feel that sense of purpose and meaning and connectedness to what they're trying to learn about. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Well, we know that's when we're most engaged. Mm -hmm. So, you know, not only do we want our kids to be happy and healthy and contribute, um, we know that for ourselves that we're more engaged when we feel like we're contributing. So, I mean, I know at work, when do I feel like I'm most engaged? It's when I get things um, like tasks, solve this problem. Um, Compliance work, doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. make me feel like mm-hmm. I'm most engaged. It I takes know a lot of energy to do it that. It does. Yeah. It's part of my job, and yep. I know that, but doesn't necessarily make me feel that sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. But 
solve this problem, or here's an idea, run with it. Mm -hmm. uh, what can you do if you, you know, if you have this? Um, brainstorming, how can we make this better? Those kinds of questions and open-ended ideas um, in my work excite me. And you've seen it before because I start talking with my hands and I get really <laughs> excited. I know. I, I start talking fast and, um, oh gosh, probably even louder. Um, those are the really exciting things. And as teachers in our classroom, we don't feel like we have time to do that. Oh yeah. We don't feel like we have time to say to students, you know, run with this. What do you think? Um, and so, I mean, one of the things when you talked about okay, what does that look like for a teacher to facilitate this learning as a journey is, okay, how do, we, how do we limit the notion of the standards are something we have to march through and really think of it more holistically? What are the big ideas that we want for learning? Um, I, I think it was Marzano's research that said if you spent 30 minutes on every standard, um, we would need nine more years of schooling wow. in the United States. Ooh. Yeah, I don't think we're going to find nine more years. I don't think any kid is going to want to be in nine more years of schooling. Um, so clearly, standards aren't meant to be uh, one at a time, hit everything, you know, sequentially and, and um, you know, for 30 minutes apiece. We know we have to prioritize some things and we know we have to spend more time on on others. And and I I would first ask teachers to get back to, um, kind of our, our core belief in what are the big ideas? What do you want them to walk away knowing and, and being able to do? What do you want them to believe, you know, in their, you know, about this subject? You know, what do you want them to, to come away, um, yeah, knowing and being able to do as it relates to that, that content? And those, those shifts, instead of here's the list of standards that I have, and I'm going to th march through these, um, is one of the I guess, biggest shifts in thinking you can make if you're facilitating a learning journey rather than marching kids through the conveyor belt of getting through school. Oh, that makes so much sense. And it, I mean, it just seems to me that that just really sort of punctuates the point you've been making in earlier podcasts about, again, that's why we need kids to be more the drivers of the learning because it's hard to explore your passions and really find meaning if you don't feel like you are able to affect any of the decisions about what you're learning and how that all works. So uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. I hope I said that right. But that's as a parent, that's kind of what I'm thinking. So, it, you know, you talked about this a little bit. So again, let's just go back to if I'm a teacher and I'm successful at doing this, what's it going to look like and sound like in the classroom? Yeah, well, so those big ideas that we talked about, um, rather than thinking of this list of standards that you have have to get through. You're thinking about these big ideas. And to help you do that, you, you can look at your standards. You should look at your standards. Um, and you've probably got some other supporting you know, documents with you too. Maybe it's the universal constructs in Iowa. Um, it's the 21st century skills that we have, the SEL competencies. You've got a variety of things. So maybe you have those around you, but you're thinking, what's the big idea that transfers beyond this class? It transfers beyond even my content. It has application in other classes, other content areas. And if it even goes beyond the, the scope of the walls, if you will, to careers outside of education, because often, I mean, my fail 
my failsafe was, well, if you're going to be a teacher of this, you know, need to know. If you're going to be a professor, you could know this. Mm -hmm. Okay, now that one doesn't count. You don't get to use that one. Um, but if you think about how it transfers, that can be one of the shifts that a teacher can make to know that they're on the right journey themselves mm -hmm. um, to being this facilitator. Um, so thinking about those big ideas and really getting down to those transferability pieces. Okay. Um, knowledge is there. Content is there. So it's what are those pieces that are going to transfer beyond that class and really be, you're going to find some skill, more skill-based pieces that, um, that are going to go beyond just that, that content. So a classroom piece then I would also say to add is that time to reflect. So... We often talk about, you know, building in checks for understanding, which is a, a, a move that a teacher can make to know that, teach, that students, excuse me, are understanding uh, the content that they need to understand. That, that's great information for the teacher. That's a teacher-centered move, which has its place. Okay. So if we're thinking about that learner-centered, learner-driven place, it's does the learner have the chance to reflect and say, hey... How am I making meaning of that content? How does that relate to me? What do I think about it? Do I agree? How often do we give the kids mm. a chance, give our learners a chance to say whether or not they agree with what they I don't think kids think like that about school. Well, we like, have to help them. Yes. We don't give them the chance all right. that often when we feel so rushed right. to just get through. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I give my kids a chance. I'm not sure my uh, own side. I was kind of thinking about that myself. Like, <laughs> uh, do I ever set the stage for them to disagree? Well, I'm sure I do sometimes. But but, but yeah. we have to do that intentionally. Mm -hmm. Like, how do I feel about my child disagreeing with me? And and what what will I do as a parent if they do? Like, How do I support mm. that? Is that okay in this situation? I mean, I've had talks with my my children about this is what your dad and I believe. Um, this is a, a belief we have. You'll have to decide how you feel about that. Mm -hmm. But right now, you're going to do this. Right. Exactly. <laughs> when you're 18, we don't want to know what your beliefs are. But but I love where you're going with that. It's just giving them this idea that you can think for yourself right. and you can develop your own ideas and, and thoughts about anything, really. And that not that sort of like at the crux of what critical thinking is all about. Right. Um, and don't we want more of that? People to be able to really take an idea and scrutinize it in, in the most positive way and think about how it fits and, and all of that. Right. Oh, you're, you're spot on. And if we don't give our learners an opportunity to reflect, and when I say learners, kindergartners can do this as well as high school seniors, um, to, to think about like, okay, what, what did I just come to understand and how do I think about that and how do I feel about that? Um, that that's certainly a classroom um, strategy that we've talked about in, in multiple episodes of this, you know, student agency conversation that we've had. But systemically, it can also look like, so at a building level, you know, you may even implement things like interest inventories to help kids see what I'm interested in, what I'm passionate about, to make connections to what I'm learning in class and what I may want to do in my, as I become more self-aware and, and in my discovery process, what I may want to do in life after high school, um, what I may want to discover and dig more into in my exploration of career fields in high school even. So as a middle schooler, 
if, if my system of my building has an opportunity for me to take an interest inventory, um, which is, you know, something that's part of like the mm-hmm. eighth grade plan, for right. example. Um, but if I can do that and regularly revisit that, then I can think about, okay, maybe this class or maybe this experience can help me explore that a little bit more. So those would be examples of a very, you know, very specific classroom strategy when we talk about building in time to reflect, but then even some more systemic, bigger picture things, um, even building in like personal learning plans or learning profiles. I mean, your your team or your building could develop those. You could do that even right before a parent-teacher conference. You know, maybe your whole system isn't ready for that, um, but you're going to have a parent-teacher conference and you want students to have, you know, a little bit more than a reflection to share with parents at a parent-teacher conference. Um, and you want to add some, you know, more strengths information or some more interests that they're considering. And you could share that at a parent-teacher conference so they know, oh, you're, you're doing more than just teaching these standards, you know, to my child. So that might be, you know, another way to consider what it could look like. Um, I am a big advocate for connecting to real projects um, as well. When we talk about finding sense of purpose, um, one of my favorite resources is the United Nations Sustainability Goals. I know I've mentioned that in an earlier podcast, mm-hmm. um, but not only does it, you know, is it a, a nonprofit, um, tons of free resources, but 17 different you know, international goals that we can see for our planet and world and even you know, the impact to our local communities, things like clean water, mm-hmm. um, poverty, you know, just these really big concepts that we can see the implications of um, getting involved in or studying pieces of those goals and the local impact of that helps students explore what am I interested in. But then, you know, as we've talked about voice and choice and driving their learning, to see that authentic connection gives me a sense of, gosh, I can make a difference. And I mean, that's really, you know, that's really what we want to be about, Uh, right? That's totally what it's about. And we can for sure, uh, I assume we'll put in the show notes a link to what you're just talking about with respect to those sustainability goals so that people can find those. So why does it feel to me like this all comes back to giving kids the freedom to direct their own learning? It feels like every podcast we do, we come back to that um, it's just really that shift in mindset. It is. Well, that's what learner agency is all about. And, you know, we've talked about the the data is really clear. The longer a student is in school, the less engaged they are. The Gallup research has over that hurts 100. my heart. It mm. does. It does. Over 100,000 students each year complete that. And the longer they're in, stu- in school, so when we look at the fifth grade data compared to seventh grade data compared to high school data, they are less engaged. And we know engagement impacts educational outcomes, um, a variety of educational outcomes, whether you're talking academic, you know, standardized kind of assessment results, or you're talking about, you know, course completion and even graduation. We know that impacts it. So if engagement is such a critical piece of what we need, you know, related to the outcomes we want to see, giving kids the agency to own their learning is is just a critical piece of increasing that engagement. It's got to be like hot wiring engagement. I mean, right. Yeah. Right. Well, and we see it for ourselves. I mean, that that's the piece that I, I keep reminding our 
our adult learners is it happens for us. When we have choice, when we have a say in what we do, we're more engaged in it. Yet we find it really hard to do um, for our students sometimes. And that difficulty in a lot of cases is just our own mindset about what we think we're supposed to do for kids. So I hope this you know, conversation frees teachers up and you know, frees their, their, their mindset to um, allow them to think about the true gift that they give students, the art of teaching that they have, which is setting up that great learning experience for kids so they can drive their own learning and, and fail forward under you know, the safe umbrella of schools and um, really just take that ownership, be more engaged, find their purpose, and ultimately make a difference. I love that. Oh, Jen, this has been awesome. Thank you. I always learn so much. Oh, I love talking about this with you, Beth. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Oh, no, I just I, I just appreciate what our teachers are, are trying to do. And as they move toward this, I've said this before, stay with it. Yeah. Um, one small step um, isn't going to be easy. You won't always have that immediate success because it's hard. Um, and it's really easy for a student, a learner to say, well, just tell me the answer. Um, so don't lose heart. Stay with it. Uh, know that uh, with perseverance uh, comes that change in student behaviors of, oh, I can have an opinion. Oh, I, I can do this. Oh, I can have some, some ownership in how this goes. And then they'll, they'll start to take it. So stay the course. I love it. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. That'll do for today. This has been another Central Rivers AEA Learning On Demand podcast. <laughs>